Welcome to a brand new episode of the Sunday Sauce. I'm actually here with a woman who makes Sunday Sauce and makes it very well, apparently. Rosella Rago, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having yeah, me. Well, welcome. Um, so, what? How did you get into this cooking with Nona stuff? T tell people about you. Where are you from? You know, things like this. So, uh, my name is Rosella Rago. I'm a first generation Italian American, born in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Both my parents are from the same small village in southern Italy in the Puglia region, which, if you look at the boot that Italy is, it, Puglia is the heel of the boot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the town's called Mola di Bari. And um, my nonna immigrated in the early 60s. And then my father immigrated, you know, in the late 60s. My mother came here in the 80s. So my family's kind of part of that last wave of immigration. And um, I just was a regular first generation kid, you know, growing up in Brooklyn. Brooklyn back in the late 80s and 90s was like, it was like living in Italy. I mean, 18th Avenue was like a piazza. Like there were all the signs were in Italian. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the stores were Italian. There was yeah. an Italian movie theater. So I I didn't know I lived in America until I was like five. Wow. Because I, I spoke Italian. I was going to say you probably grew up speaking Italian. Yeah, like I couldn't. That, yeah. I actually learned English when I was five. So you your first language was Italian. Yeah. Interesting. But you were born here. I was born here, but mm. my mom spoke Italian at home. My father spoke Italian at home. All our friends were Italian. Me and my brother, uh, all my parents' friends were Italian people from, from Mola di Bari. So I didn't have American friends. So growing up for you, it was kind of like you were always around family. You were always, you know, everyone was, was together and everything eating. was uh, eating, <laughs> like eating all the time. Is that what spawned your your uh, newfound career? Well, not newfound, but you know. Well, I think like when you grow up in an Italian family like that, it, food is just such a huge part of your life, and you know you kind of take it for granted because everybody's like that. Everybody you're around is like that. So I didn't really realize it was anything extraordinary until I was, you know, a kid going to school. I was like five, going to kindergarten, and at lunchtime I just realized like. Not everybody has a Nutella sandwich, you know, people were different, you know, um, and it starts to be little things like that. And then it, it got it got bigger for me when I went to college because I was studying to become an Italian teacher mm -hmm. at St. John's University mm -hmm. and I wasn't allowed to dorm when I went to college because S nice Italian girls don't dorm. Sounds sounds about right. Or if they do, my father Vito was not gonna pay for it. So <laughs> I had to live with Nona in the basement. Yeah. Um, I lived in a basement once too, no shame. Every Italian has lived in yeah, a basement. Everyone's living in a basement. It's a very Italian thing, because even if you don't, if you like, every Italian family has their house, the way the house is structured, like you have the showroom mm. floor, mm -hmm. you know, that you can't touch, and then you live in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. The living part happens. Right. In if you the have basement. like a three fam like a three story house or something like that, it's kinda I get it. Yeah. Right? You yeah. got the showroom, the living room where all the Swarovski is. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> Plastic the, on the furniture. Yeah, the China closet. You got a dining room and a living room that you're not actually allowed to live in. I always I always wondered with with Italians like us, the China. You don't even touch it, it's just there. That's it. What do you take it out for? 
I've never seen my mother take out China. Like when the Pope visits? <laughs> and when is the Pope coming? I, I don't know. Maybe you should get on that. <laughs> I should get on should that, organize. right? Organize. I should organize for the Pope visit on the, 18th the Avenue. The Pope or like the consulate. Yeah, or yeah. Some, somebody cool. Right, someone or cool. Or like if like Albano out. comes to visit, right. Albano and Romina Power, yeah. they come for coffee. Yeah. They're waiting for those people to come. They're waiting for like Gigi Alessio to come from Italy and like come for coffee. <laughs> That's, That's what the good China's for. for. Yeah. For these people that might never come. Right. Love that. Like when like Johnny Morandi rings her bell. Right. I think I like need to get some China her. in my house. Everybody needs China. I don't have any China. You need the China. What do you What do you have? You pay for plates? I, what do you I, have? No, I got regular plates. Just, you know, I'm, I'm a single man with a cat. I mean, what do you, what do you want from me here? I don't know. <laughs> That's, you need some China. I, I, I should buy some China. What, you should register for yourself. I should. Where should I get this China? Where would you recommend the best I, China? You know, where you used to be able to get China in the neighborhood well, in was the neighborhood, Berta. Right. right. Berta 67. Yeah, but now you got to get everything online. Yeah, now you got to get, because even Century closed. That's a uh, disgrace. Oh, it's, I'm, that's. Oh. But back in the day, we had <sighs> this really the, the most Italian department store ever was Berta 67 on 67th Street and 18th Avenue. It is now a telco. Um, but Berta 67 had, like, a Swarovski department. It was, like, the the, the Goomba bride the destination. Target, the Target came. Yeah, um, it was the, our uh, target. Italian target. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. our Target. Yeah, the Italian Target, exactly. Yes. It, it yeah. was Ginzo yeah. Target. Can Ginzo. I say that? You I could say, say whatever you want. I could say that. You could curse here. You could do whatever you like. No, I'm just saying that. Yeah. It was Ginzo Target. Like, you, you know, I remember the, the like, seeing, like, girls registering for their weddings. Like, yeah. a girl named Joanne with, like, you know, giant hair and, 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 and a big lot of red Maurice. nails. I've just described myself as I am a woman with very You big do hair have red nails and, right now. And very long red nails. Yes, yes that yes. is, you know, I, I forever live in the 90s because it was a better so, time. So you grew up in Bensonhurst. Your whole yes. life, pretty much. So back to my story right. about how I started doing what I do. I exactly. got very sidetracked. That's good. Um, I was living with my nonna during college, okay. and it was probably my sophomore year. My father came over to eat, and uh, and he was like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Because you're going to be a terrible teacher. Like, you know, we all know. <laughs> you just told me you were a terrible driver. I am a terrible, very bad driver. <laughs> Horrible driver. I'm not sure what I would have been worse at, teaching or driving. I'm definitely driving. Uh, Absolutely. You can kill down. people with driving. Yes. You can't kill true. people with teaching. Yes. <laughs> the teaching Italian to them. You could probably also kill people with cooking, so thank God you're a good cook. Yeah, I, I am quite good. I, I'm pretty good now. Obviously. But, you know, at the time I was going to college and I was around a lot of different people mm. and I realized that people my age especially had no idea how to cook mm. you know and i was raised without a microwave so like i grew up cooking like my baseline was just so much different than everyone else's and one night my father came home and he was like you're gonna be a shitty teacher what are you really gonna do with your life wow. and i just blurted out it i don't even know how this came into my head i was like i'm gonna host a cooking show one day that's the greatest job in the world you, and look at you now. Well, we You're like, on Instagram. It was here. a joke. We yeah. laughed about it. And um, my father goes, yeah, we should call it Cooking with Nona. That that would be so funny because nobody does recipes about about uh, Italian grandmothers. And a week later, he bought the web domain cookingwithnona.com. And a week after that, he like uh, he started construction on the set that I used to cook on. Wow. Because my early episodes, if you watch them on, on YouTube, please don't watch them and look at my purple eyeshadow. But if you do watch them and suffer through them, that is a rollaway island with wheels and that my dad put a, a Bertazzoni gas stove under it. And uh, Vito's very crafty. 
for a telecommunications I like engineer. He's, he's telling people how it is. He's like, listen. He's a good guy. You suck at teaching. Yes. You suck at driving. Let's let's start cooking. Manola. Oh, yeah. He tells me to not drive. He's like, it's better you don't drive. <laughs> no, it's better. So so basically, your dad builds you all this stuff. You start doing this with your Nona. Did you just kind of be like, hey, Nona, we're going to just go on social media and start cooking? Or did you have to talk her into it? Because, so you know, old school grandmas aren't into the social media. You know, my Nona is so flexible and so um, humble and stuff that, and she really does love me so much that she would do anything mm. I asked of her. Like, God bless her. She is just the most amazing human being. And But you have to remember, this is 2009. Right. This is the dawn of content creation. And, like, you know, I started on YouTube. But you have to think about someone in my position who's 20, barely 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, if people were making cooking videos on YouTube, they didn't look like me. They didn't sound like me. No. They were probably trained chefs. I just like Martha the Steward, I feel like. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, or Mario Batali. Whatever, you know what Like I mean. restaurant yeah, yeah, chefs, yeah. people, yeah, professional yeah, yeah. people. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. We, I had no idea how to film a cooking show. Back then, you couldn't film it with your iPhone. No. I hired a production company. Right. We hired like the audiovisual department of Seton Hall University with these like giant cameras. And <laughs> it was that serious. Yeah, I had a makeup artist. Wow. I took it way too seriously for the time. Now, look, look at it. We come a long way. We're doing a GoPro and a ring light. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, but could, you could, you know. I would have killed for this. I know. But, you know, you it's know what's cheaper funny option. It's the cheaper option. Do you have any idea how much in hock we got? No, I'm kidding. But yeah. it was, for years, it was like that. And nobody, you know, people, we built an audience very slowly. Like, today, it's great that kids get famous with, like, one, two viral videos. But I, I worked very hard for every single follower that I have. You're actually so. It's funny you said that because like these TikTok crazies, they do like dumbass stuff on TikTok and they get noticed. But you're actually providing like a service and, a, and an education. You're teaching. Well, I do some dumbass well, well, stuff. Well, yeah, but you're not. But it's <laughs> your, your whole your whole persona isn't based on you know doing dumb things. Like you actually cook and you're teaching men and women, younger men and women, how to how to cook and you know cook properly. And and you have your Nona there. It's very family oriented. That's a wonderful thing. That's what's missing these days. You know, I try. As far as my content goes, I try and never take it too seriously, because I I just don't. I think it's douchey when people no, are like of that. Um, and for a long time, I did take myself a little seriously and I changed who I was to do this. Like, uh, you know, like I said, people didn't look like me or sound like me and industry people and managers and agents told me, you have to stop talking like this because nobody wants to watch the Marissa Tomei cooking show. So now I get a lot of it's so um, for a long time, you know, I had like the short little pink nails that Jada had. You got to hide your Brooklyn accent. I did. I, I, I can hide the Brooklyn accent quite well, actually. I, I, I can. Um, I you can. don't have to hide it on this show. I did for years. Yeah, so, well. you know, and now people are like, you didn't use the talk like that. And I was like, maybe that voice was fake, Joanne. <laughs> You know, they 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 really love to uh, pick, but I I really did have to hide myself and like I didn't my look was very, it was a little bit different because I wanted to be like the people that were on on Food Network, and one day I just said you know to hell with this life mm. is so short mm -hmm. I have to be myself, and honestly I've had so much more success in this short amount of time that I've been like my full authentic Brooklyn. Italian American self 
you know, and I and I it allowed me to have not take myself so seriously, have more fun with my content because mm -hmm. when my third book was coming out, my um, publisher said you have to join TikTok, and I was like, I am not joining TikTok. Oh, I am 34 years old. I hate TikTok. I am not gonna dance like a friggin' monkey. You guys are nothing. But I did it. I, I did my first TikTok January 31st of last year. Mm -hmm. And I had I started having like the best time with it. How many followers do you have now? On TikTok, yeah. um, forty-seven thousand. You getting ads from that and gener generating income? No, not from TikTok. Not from TikTok, right? No, from more Instagram. like I was gonna say more probably Instagram. Yeah, Facebook, from Reels, Facebook, YouTube. Facebook. We have a huge, we have a large community on Facebook. We have over seven hundred thousand followers on Facebook. Yeah, it's kind of so you were saying like two thousand nine, you were on YouTube, right? YouTube was like. Back then was like, ugh, like who, you know? But now it's like making a comeback. More people are going to YouTube. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I've my most engaged audience is Facebook and Instagram. Still though, mm. if I had to choose one. So that's like, so like me, that's my. We're not talking about politics, but on my campaign, Twitter. No one cares about Twitter. It's it's all about the Instagram and and the and the Facebook. I think it's about the content that you're making. Right. It's because you can make shorter, more engaging content on those platforms that people are watching. Yeah, you that's, can make like quick videos and, and then they're shareable. Yeah, exactly. And people they're really shareable. shareable. It's harder to share something on YouTube. So you wrote three books. Yes. Wow. Three books in six years. Three books in six years. All like recipe books or yeah. just like a book about yourself? Well, my, no. Nobody wants to read about me. Why not? <laughs> That's why you're here. One day. Yeah, uh, right. Maybe one day a little I'll write autobiography, a memoir, you know? <laughs> um, well, I, I think people who write memoirs at my age are like the biggest douches ever. So, uh, so like, like maybe when you're 50. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, when I'm like 75. All right, 75. All right. I'll tell know. all the secrets. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, my books are cookbooks, but I like to think of them as more than cookbooks because, um, I write about the, about the women behind the recipes. Mm. So, um, in my first two books, I profiled 30 different Italian grandmothers. That's amazing. And I wrote their biographies. And, and this, this is not like any famous grandmas. They're just like regular grandmas. You know, maybe some, a couple of them were famous, like uh, were social media famous. No, like but I'm talking Dan about Michalina, like Dan yeah, you know, yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, day, if yeah. you followed Dan Michalina on, on Instagram, she yeah. was in one in uh, two of my books. No, they, uh, you know, but I, I really started to become passionate about these like ordinary women who live extraordinary lives. These mm. are the matriarchs of our families. They, they're they the cornerstones of every Italian family. They, and I think that people of my, my nonna's generation, my nonna's gonna be 90 in April. God bless her. That was the greatest generation that has ever lived. You can't compare. True. My grandmother's 86, she's still kicking and she is some, she is funny. The things she says, let me tell you. But the lives that they, the choices exactly. they had to exactly. make. And and to, to compare it to today, like I get into scuffles with a lot of um, new Italian immigrants, like the, and they're a little woke, and they're like. Well, it, it, Italy was was run by a very uh, very liberal for a long, long time. So a lot of that stuff was was you know. Right, but they injected you know, into them. They 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 come and like uh, try and this uh, this one like Italian American news outlet like profiled uh, an Italian uh, blogger that like I just don't really care for. I just yeah. I think he mocks um, Italian Americans. Probably. And I have a big problem with that. Yeah. Um, well, so funny you said that. I just had a similar situation. Um, a former candidate for city council he mocked me, made a meme about me, uh, well not me, Nikki Santoro from Casino. He compared mm -hmm. me to Nikki Santoro from Casino and said on the meme, 
uh, basically, if you don't donate to my campaign, you know, it's what's like good you're gonna whack them or something. A, a, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I, I got everyone involved. The anti-Italian discrimination. I got everyone involved. And, and, it's and sadly, you know, that's our fault because we don't do, we don't work hard enough to defend our our heritage right. in that way. And I, and I, I very, I feel bad that that happened to you. I mean, at one of my close friends worked for, um, was the Italian American liaison affairs liaison mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. of the city of new york mm -hmm. for quite some time mm -hmm. and uh, something equally unfortunate happened on a on a showtime show called desus and marrow or whoever those never heard of it idiots are and they were like oh what does she do you know what does she you know the the monitor the acid levels of the gravy oh, like what boy. is it you know and it was very disrespectful but and no one did anything about that well, and you would you're not allowed to say those types of things about any other ethnic group no like it's, it's it's also we're the last it's sick because a lot of people in this country don't realize that when italians came here they were we were not white people you know, we no, first of all i don't consider myself a white person if you're italian you're not white we definitely weren't white in the 1800s no, no. when they hung a bunch of us in louisiana they i you took the words right out you of know, my mouth no one knows that the, big, so the biggest public then. lynching was italians and they weren't even convicted of anything. They, it was just assumed that they all killed the police chief. 300 years later, the, the city of New Orleans uh, pardons them and says, we're, we're sorry. Sorry we killed 14 guys. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you, you know, know I, I, I don't know mm. if I can say that I don't. Oh my God, I can't talk about this shit. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. I, I, I will say that growing up, I, I did feel different. Than a lot of people. Of course, we're different. Um, that I that I felt so much, so much different eth ethnically because right. I grew. I feel like I really grew up especially. I feel like I especially grew up between two different worlds. I was too Italian for Americans, and I was right. too American for Italians. Right. And I'm still this way. That's why, like a lot of Italians in Italy, don't get me, don't like me. I represent, you know, this traditional Italy that they don't that they reject. Right. You know, because now they old reject world. old world. Yeah, I'm old world. Mm -hmm. I'm very feminine. Mm -hmm. I'm very traditional. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm traditional I'm Catholic, values. Yes, you of know, course, of course. And which is the, a now, thing well, now. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, na nowadays, unfortunately, religion is is looked down upon in a, in a lot of uh, you know groups and whatever. And a lot of people don't. If you're like a Catholic, it's like you're you're the devil all of a sudden, you know, or whatever Christian, whatever. It doesn't matter what what you know any kind of Christianism, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, it's it's very crazy because I, I know what you mean. Like a lot, me and me and my friends, we we are just a select group of friends, and we're, we're all similar. Like, you know, I wasn't. I'm not from Italy. My my I'm like second generation or whatever. Um, but my friend is his parents are from Italy, and he grew up very similar to you. Like we we listen to like Italian rap and and you know and we do things that are a little bit more traditional Italian. And some people don't understand it. They're like they're like why like what's what's up with you? You're a weirdo. Like you know. I like to describe myself as Orthodox Italian. Orthodox. People. I never heard of that. That's it's, good. Because it's a especially not even just because I'm first generation. Um, the 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 village I'm from mm -hmm. is very uh, well represented in Brooklyn, Staten Island, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, the Body has like five different social clubs. Right. They all, none of them get along. Well, there's a it's social <laughs> club with my last name on 18th Avenue too, Ragusa. Yeah, that's a Sicilian club. That's, I'm 100% Sicilian. Yeah, but no, like Mola, when you're yeah. from Body, you're kind of like from a cult. Yeah, yeah, I understand. We're like a tribe where everyone knows each other. There's 100,000 
people from everyone's cousins in Brooklyn, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in Brooklyn and Staten Island and New Jersey, and yeah. there's thirty thousand people in the town of Moldy Body, like right now, right in Italy. So we're all so you're all here, and they're just some yeah. leftovers over there. So it, it's just. Um, you know, the, we have so many traditions, like Good Friday, we have a tradition, uh, we have really traditional specific food mm -hmm. and, and stuff. So it was always hard for me to uh, relate to people who weren't, who didn't grow up the same way I did. And when I did find people who grew up the same way I did, you know, you gravitate towards them. Like when I was eight, I moved to New Jersey, to like upper middle class Jewish New Jersey. And it was the first time I wasn't around a lot of Italian people. Well, like first generation Italian people. Nowadays, people. there's definitely, I would say, more Italians in Jersey than probably back when you were eight years old. Not in like Montville, well, New Jersey. Well, not like, up there. Like, I, yeah. I'm talking about like I and I was not popular. Like, especially Sopranos came out around that time, and people... I had a similar experience to you. I went to high school. My mom moved, and I went to high school in New Jersey. And uh, but fortunately, I was in Manalpan High School, where there That's was a very little, Italian, yeah, exactly yeah. Staten Island kids, yeah. Brooklyn kids. So I felt very. Uh, I mean, first it was a little difficult, and then I started hanging out with all these people, and I realized, all right, but New Jersey is not for me. I came right back immediately. Yeah, me too. I moved back when I was 18. I've been living on my own since I was 18 years old. Because I didn't take to New Jersey. My brother became homecoming king. They yeah. loved him. Yeah. Me, I was I was a weird, I was a nerd. Like, people are always shocked to hear that they're like you. And I was like, I got invited to no bar mitzvahs. <laughs> None of them. None of them. None of them wanted me there. You. Why not? I was the weird Italian I think kid. I've been on, like, the two bar mitzvahs. No, I was They're the, lit. I'm not going to lie. They're I, lit. I was the weird Italian kid. Wow. You missed out. I was a dork. I was a really big dork, especially in high school. I was, like, kind of a late bloomer, and I was I was just very dorky, and I hung out with the band's people. They were the only people that would have me. Did you play an instrument? I played nothing. So you just hung out with the band people? I just... they. I was a band groupie. I never... Which is I sad. never heard anybody say I want to hang out with the band unless they played an instrument. But hey, listen, good for you. I, you gotta you gotta pick a group, right? Yeah, anyone that would have me. I don't know what kind. Of, it I, was yeah. them or the goth people. I rather I hung out with the goths. They yeah. liked me because I was an anti-bullier. So anyone that would bully them, I would, whatever. And then you know they, they oh, okay. liked me. Yeah, you know. So, so you were like, like their bouncer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Pretty much like that, yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of that way today. Like yeah, well, I have a lot have, of. You have to be an asset. Like yeah, if you're gonna of, join of a group course. when nobody likes you, you gotta be like a show. Like exactly. Like I have a lot of women, women friends now, and they also consider me, I guess, their bouncer. Like you know, our mutual friend Lauren Conlon. I'm like her bouncer, pretty you're much. You're her like we, security yeah, detail. Yeah, I'm pretty much her security detail. Yeah. That's cool. Everyone needs one. I you know? listen. She's a very popular person, so I got to make sure you know. Yeah, she doesn't get whacked. <laughs> Not whacked. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Kidnapped. Who knows these days? Right. With the sick people. Health for ransom. Uh, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I, high school was pretty similar to me. I had a, because uh, also all the kids I went to school with were like on drugs. I'm not going to say names, but they were taking like a lot of pills and doing whatever. And I wasn't into that stuff. I was never into, I never did drugs in my life. Don't do that stuff. So I never, you know, really associated with those kinds of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's harder and harder today to get to not get mixed up in things like that. Like I, I couldn't imagine. I feel bad for kids going to school now because like it's impossible. Social inevitable. media is crazy. It feels like you can't get away from it. I know thirteen year olds that are like smoking weed now. Fourteen year olds. It, it, no, it's disgusting. It's it's very crazy. I I don't understand, especially now in the city where where weed you could just smoke weed wherever you want. I was watching Moonstruck eating pastina at thirteen. <laughs> That's what I tell people. That's, I was like, 13? I, I did that the other night, actually. I was I'm deciding, like, and watching Moonstruck and eating pastina. Not a lot has changed. I think I was playing football in high school, and I was, like, worried about... That was, like, my freshman year, and I was worried about, like, making 
the starting lineup of football or something. I wasn't worried about smoking weed and whatever. Yeah, you watch all those shows now. What's that show on uh, on HBO with all the kids that are doing bad things? I don't know. That show. There's that show. That show. That show. It's that there's show. That show. Makes me, what the kids doing bad makes things? Makes you never want to have kids. Like young kids? Yeah, it's going to make mm. you never want to have kids. The really? kids in high school, oh my God. I, I, every time, I can never remember. Uh, well, I'll look it up. I don't With know. With the Zendaya girl. Okay. Yeah. I only watched one show on HBO. It's called Gamora. You ever seen Gamora? Yeah, I've seen Gamora. It's the, I think. I like the movie Gamora. Better. Oh, in, 20, in 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I was good. That was, that was a great movie. That was an amazing movie. Yeah, but... uh. No, Gamora, I think, honestly, is better than Sopranos. Well, they're uh, two different things. I've, I think it's, well, because it's more authentic. That's what, that's that's actually like what happens at Naples. So a lot of people don't know this, but, um, so I was, uh, my mother's an actress. What? Um, yeah, my mom's an actress. I didn't know that. She, she's a, she writes play. she's a playwright, uh, she's a, she's a lot of things, my mother. She's a fine artist, she's a writer, she, uh, is an actor. And um, she would do, she had a theater company when I was born. And so like I grew up like around that. Yeah. And uh, when I was eight, she came home one day and she said, I went to an audition today. And, and we're like, okay. And she's like, and I thought I wasn't gonna get it. And um, the, I thought it was the casting director. And he said, what would you do if your husband came home drunk? And I started like hitting him. My mother's very physical. We don't let her sit next to new people at dinner because she she's a hitter. She she's a toucher, you know. She'll like assault you. Yeah, yeah. She, that's okay. Whatever. What she tells the story. Most Italian moms are very assaultive. So like, um, I've been beaten by my mom many times. So the guy loved her, and it ended up not being the casting director. It was the director Barry oh. Levinson, and he oh. cast her on the spot for this movie called Sleepers. I've heard of this movie. With uh, Robert yes. De Niro and Brad Pitt. And Your mom was in this Patrick. movie. Yes, with Kevin Bacon. So it's really fun for me to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon because my mom... That's so crazy. Is in a movie with Kevin I, Bacon. I didn't, I didn't know your mom was uh, an established actress like that. Well, then she she got my brother and I into the now-defunct guild of Italian actors called Gia. And oh. then um, we started like doing like little things to get to get into SAG, to get into the Screen yeah, Actors yeah, yeah. Guild. So my very first job ever was season one of Sopranos. I was an extra at the wedding scene, season one, episode eight, I think. Really? That was my first day on a set. There, you know, and I worked on Sopranos a couple different times throughout the six seasons. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like established as a family member. Interesting. So I worked at like Jackie Jr.'s funeral, and that was such a. There will never be. I actually did ended up doing that this for about fifteen years. I was a, a stand-in for. TV I've, shows I've done and, some extra work. No, well, I was. A, I ended up being a stand-in oh, after standing. a while. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, so it was like you're technically you're part of the crew. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that was kind of how I paid bills, like through good money through the first years of cooking with Nona. Actually, I I quit for good in two thousand fourteen. Quit, quit acting. I quit. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was just done. Mm. I wanted to pursue cooking with Nona full time. Right. And it, it was too much. Like, you can't have relationships when you're in that business. Like, your Monday starts at 5.30 in the morning, and by Friday, you go in at 10 a.m., and you're done at 2 a.m. You have a Friday. Mm -hmm. You can't plan anything. No. People don't understand. They're like, well, what time are you working till? It's like, I don't know. Like, so, 
I have a, I have a similar, uh, so I, my, I'm in, I do some extra work and my first show was FBI most wanted. And like, I did nothing and only worked for a half hour. I got paid $400. Yeah. It there was, were days like that. It was amazing. But then there are days where you're like freezing your ass well, off. Right. Well, at, this, at, this like, was like in October. So we got a little lucky. No, I've yeah. been, I've been, I've had great days on sets yeah. in 15 years that I was on them. Mm -hmm. And I've had miserable days where you're like outside in 30 degrees pretending it's summer um you want to know how i met lauren sure we were on extras we were extras on gravesend oh my god with will DeMeo. the second oh. season which has still yet to come out but i'm sure you know will DeMeo, obviously right you have to know him he's like a brooklyn guy i have a story but i'm not saying okay it you on, don't have to say you can tell me after I have a great but yeah story. so basically i mean I've, this is a funny story will Wrote his own lines, and we're in a nightclub scene in Long, I in Long Island, right? That doesn't shock me right, at wait. all. No, it gets better. He literally forgot his lines about 40 times. <laughs> so <laughs> me and Lauren just met, and we're like dates at this table, right? There's like flat soda on the table, like prop soda, whatever. We, we literally were together for 12 hours just talking about, you know, whatever. So we, we became... Best friends after that. She drank the flat soda, Lauren. She, it was funny. It was so funny. She spit it out. She didn't know it was prop soda. Um, and uh, basically, that's how me and her became friends. I'm like an uncle to her kids now. And, you know, oh, obviously wow. we're in the Fluent Studios. That's, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fairly recently. The recent yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was literally last October. It wasn't last October. It was October 2021. That reminds me of a yeah. show I used to work on called Unforgettable okay. with um, this insane woman, Poppy Montgomery. Okay. And she plays a detective who can't forget anything. Like her memory is so, like she gets so she like, gets like PTSD and whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she was a lunatic. Yeah. I mean, we would we were like a, I was like a stand-in, and sometimes they would throw me in mm -hmm. the um the the law you know the um police office yeah, yeah, the yeah. police uh, station detective whatever, and she was just like every um every stereotype of a crazy diva actress she was yeah. like she would just like if someone bumped into like something and ruined the take she, like she would she flip would out she would do like the christian bale she, she would like would, yell yeah, at she you would like go that. insane you, like yeah. if you're in her eyeline yeah she would just go insane she yeah. would leave in the middle of the day for four hours go shopping what the hell she would just like walk into set and be like i, I need to brush my teeth start brushing her teeth in the middle of this she would keep the studio really cold on purpose like what? it would be like sixty-seven degrees, uh, uh, like and we were all we'd all be like freezing our asses. She she had an ass double because she never lost weight after she had kids. Wait, and stuff. an ass double? She had a double, a body double. Just for her ass. Just for the back of her, just to be the shots of her from behind. I never heard of this. Yes, that was and um. I need to watch the show now. She's a redhead, right? So this girl. They were putting a wig on her. They paid. She made like nine hundred dollars a day. The the ass double. What? Just to be her. I want. Is, is anybody out there? Can I be your ass double, please? Then they 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 said no. We have to dye your hair because the hair has to look. It would just be so, so. It would literally be like the shots of her from behind looking at like a TV screen wait, or something. Wait, wait, wait. So let me get this straight. The girl she, would work like an hour a day, but be on. You know. She had kids. Couldn't lose the weight. So they, she wanted to preserve what her ass used to look like? Yes. Is, is that what we're saying right now? It was the most ridiculous. Like, all the shots from behind were another human. That's that's insane. That I never heard of that like, in my life. Like, I heard, like, actresses, like, getting... Who made, like, like $7,000 yeah, a that, week. that's what I'm saying. Like, I heard actresses, like, that don't want to get nude, 
in like nude scenes and they'll have no. like a, a body double, but I never heard of a closed no. ass double. No. It's amazing. Yeah. The that, things that you the things you know working on on TV. Huh? Oh, I've seen so much. I worked on Gossip Girl for six years. Wow. That was that was crazy. So now you telling me this, what why did you want to maybe you sounded like you could have maybe been a successful actress. Maybe, maybe not. 50-50. And why did you drop it to do cooking with Nona? Because I wanted something, you know, as a woman, um, the business of acting can really beat you up. I mean, it, it everyone, I, I, I get that a lot now, especially with like my newer content where mm -hmm. I like, you know, my, my advice, I mean, I've been writing books, but who, I, I guess I didn't have to do that. All I had to do was eat mortadella and give people and advice they reels don't on Instagram. Yeah, 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 I mean, and everyone's like, oh, you'd be such a great actress. And I'm That's like, the business of acting can be really demoralizing. Well, look at know. the Harvey Weinstein situation. What he what he did to some of those girls. Oh, that I mean, like, and, and well, that's just. Geez, I'm I sure used, there's plenty more out there. We but used that's to just, hear you know. stories like that all the yeah. time. That yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a really looking back. That was a, a really sad thing because it's that disgusting. was something everybody really knew about. Yeah, it's gross. It was it was always like in, in the air. Like, yeah. don't be alone with that guy. Ugh. And. When people pretend like they don't know, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But, like, you know, you go on an audition and there's 20 women that looks just like you that are, like, versions of you. And and these and you're trying to do this line. You've never read the whole script. You're trying to read these, like, three Sides, lines yeah. better than anybody else. They don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. You don't know what, what to do. They don't tell. It's like this weird guessing game. It's like this weird poker that you're playing with these people. Poker faces, it, yeah. it, it's just... Especially, and now that like everything's on tape, you don't even go in anymore to audition. Uh, you know, I just, I got, I, I was so exhausted. I was so exhausted of, you know, trying to make money, but still trying to, Chasing you know, take acting classes right. and, and get, because it's not even like you need the acting classes. Like a casting director runs the class, so you get to meet them and whatever. It's all networking. It was exhausting. And, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere. I was, uh, ironically, the only thing I would read for was Latinas and hooker parts. That was all I, I'm a nice Italian girl, but that's all anybody wanted to, to put me in. You know, um, the, the, okay. the circle, the Italian American parts were going to like Jewish chicks or, or people who like weren't Italian. You couldn't get seen for that. I'm also kind of like an Asian looking Italian chick, uh, according to casting directors. I, I look, I, I look Asian. Asian and Latina. You know, I All don't right. look Italian. I don't see that, but whatever they to, say. To those people, they they know best. To, I guess they never been in Brooklyn, huh? To the powers that be, <laughs> that's that's, it. that's what I am. Wow. So like, you know, Italian girls would be played by Greek people or Jewish yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. It would be funny. So I was just ready to. Ha make something for myself you know like when you can't when they don't let you in the door you you make a hole in the wall mm. you know and get yourself in and i just said like if i'm working this hard because i was working hard i was like standing in on three different shows by the end by the time i quit and running all over the place and couldn't have a life and really just tired and i said if i'm gonna work this hard on something my name should be on it do it for yourself. Yeah, so I, I said I'm going to have to put all my eggs in this cooking with Nona basket and really throw all my resources and time and energy behind behind that. And that and that's when I had started, like, my online shop. I had started selling a few products. Bottega, at, it wasn't called Bottega della Nona da, at that time. Um, I was just selling it on cookingwithnona.com. I had, mm. like, knives from Italy. I had a cheese grater. Mm. You know, I was 
thinking about doing some t-shirts, merch and stuff, which is funny because now seeing the way um, influencers build brands and, st and everything, like I kind of did it backwards yeah. in a way. And um, But who knew back then? Nobody knew anything. Nobody exactly. knows anything now. No one like, knows we anything. all think we know. We don't know. You make one video of you eating a Tide Pod, and then all of a sudden you're an overnight sensation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how do I become this? I want, should I go eat Tide Pods or, well, or Downy know, Pods? I don't know. It, 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 I guess, like, there's no secret to it. I think it's whatever works. It's just I always try and tell people that no matter what you're doing, have a goal bigger than fame. Yes. Fame is not the goal. I know it best. Trust me. I've been doing this podcast for two years. I've had some notable names. I've been in the New York Post. I've been on national radio shows, and I'm still just a nobody from Bay Ridge. And that's okay. That's fine with me. You know, that's, that's fine. So it is what? what it is. Whatever. You know, it, it, it's yeah. you have to you have to have something behind just yeah. wanting notoriety. In this in this age where people want to be famous for the sake of being famous, it. No. Fame isn't so great. The, the very famous people that I know are not happy about that part. Yeah. But it enables them to, you know, run their businesses and stuff. So, yeah. you know, I always try and um, stress that, like, the the influencing that I do enables me to run my my e-commerce business. And, you know, that's what I use it for. It, it's very easy to get wrapped up in being liked right. and being followed. Not everyone's going to like you. No, not it's, everybody's going to like you. Like, like I'm very I'm very uh, content with I work for the city. I got a city job. I mean, I think that's very noble, you know? I mean, if this goes somewhere, then cool. If not, then whatever, you know? It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, when you have the luxury to do that, I mean, by the time I started pursuing cooking with Nona full-time, I had no choice. Hmm. I, I had to be successful. Right. I had to make this Because you work. put everything into yeah, it. You I dropped mean, everything. I, so I was very driven. I had to be, you yeah. know, because it, it wasn't an accident. Like, I always tell people it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And, you know, by the time 2016 came um, and I wrote my first book, you know, I had been in business for a long time. I had been wrapped up in um, production deals, almost on TV, almost had my own TV show so many times, um, had so many things fall through. I, I was ready to quit a hundred times before mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you just never know. And like so many, and as a, as a young woman, as a young Italian American woman, People didn't take me seriously. I was like this little wannabe Food Network star running around with my dad, who was like my manager. You know, uh, yeah, Kim Kardashian got a momager. I got a dadager named Vito. I think, a, I think a dad's probably better. Yes and no. I mean, it helped legitimize me. But who who was he? My dad was a telecommunications executive. Like he wasn't. He didn't know. We we had no idea what we were doing. But, but he believed in you. Uh, yeah, he believed in me. But a lot of people didn't, and I got laughed at a lot. And people were just like, "Oh, that's cute." People you laugh know? at me every day. They call me a joke. Oh yeah, people tell me you don't want to hear. Think I care? Tell me. Uh, pff, nah. I'm just saying it. It takes a lot of you know. A lot of people have one hiccup mm. today and quit. Yeah. And I. And well, when people come to me and say, I want to do what you do, and I was like, if you have a dream, you better be willing to eat, sleep, breathe, and die for that dream. Well, I feel like also cancel culture is a big thing now in social media. Like, they go back to social media, like, 20 years ago, and they're like, oh, you said this. That's it. Yeah. Go away for the rest of your life. Yeah, yes. it's really – it's scary. Yeah. It could happen it's at any – you could lose – Anybody. You could lose it all tomorrow. So that's why when I meet people with really big egos – 
based off of a social media file, I'm like, you know, relax yourself. Cause yeah, you're not. Yeah, I know. People, some people are a little silly with the uh, social media. Like, like I have 100,000 followers on Instagram. Good for you. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I... Doesn't impress me. It's very easy to get wrapped up in that in that the real world is about real connections. Correct. And, and that's what people feel. Like, you could, you have 100,000 followers on Instagram, but I bet you 99.5 thousand of those followers don't even know you personally. Well, the thing about, about social media that becomes, like, strange is that people really think they know you. Right. They can, like, a, make opinions on and judgments on you because they, they watch your reels or whatever. So it's like, you know... I, f I face it the same. I face it all the time as when running running for city council. It's like people think they know me. I never met you before. They make these assumptions. Forget right. about it, man. Forget it. It's like it's insane. And it's all just like people just look at you. They're like, oh, that kid must be a racist. He must be a white supremacist. He must be this. He must be that. I'm like, uh, you know, you know, the whole the usual yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, I, I face it also every day. And, and, and no, none of these people would actually want to come up and talk to me and find out who I am as a person because they already made their judgment. Yeah, I mean, but that's fine. Yeah, it, it, it is people what it is. are gonna think yeah. what they want to think, and you can't please that. It, the only thing is that you can't let it affect you and like oh, what you do in the world. I have very, very thick skin. You have to. You have to. If you're gonna put yourself out there like that, you have to be ready for whatever. Going back to acting, actually, I was told I can never be a successful actor because of all these tattoos. And then I look at Tom Hardy. I'm like, that. Do you know how many tattoos that dude has? They yeah. had, they had to cover his whole body when he did Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. With like concealer, with all his tattoos. Right. So don't tell me because I have tattoos, I can never be a successful. No, actor. I think today it's a, it's really. It's anybody, more, now it's more goes, accepted. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah anybody yeah. can. This was like five years ago, six years ago. Could be talking. anything. Yeah. So where do where do we go from here? You did three books. You got your you got your show. Um, what what's what's in the future? Um, I, I just am always focused on my online store, BottegaDelanona.com. Mm -hmm. I know it's a terrible name. We really have to change that. I'm, I'm shocked we sell anything with a name like this. Man, why don't you just, like, show, shorten it, maybe? Just I the URL. You know, That's yeah, all. I mean, not, you, not the store, just the URL. No, I know. But, yeah. like, it's those are all taken, you know? Oh, it's you a, checked it's, already. Oh. It's, like a, it's like a like a drug cartel. Like, Listen, just buys them all up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Domain, domain selling is a good business. It is. I want to get into big. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I'm really passionate about my my store because um there's i think of italian americans that don't feel as much connection like we grew up in new york in one of the biggest italian american enclaves Correct. ever yeah. you know i think about people that live in idaho that don't have other italian american families nearby or stores nearby right. and they want their products that remind them of their culture so like, that's why I do what I do. I started making T-shirts that said things in Italian because there was no representation. Mm -hmm. You know, like there was stuff in Spanish and there was stuff in other languages, mm -hmm. French or whatever. But I wanted something that made me feel proud. You know, I was one of those kids that never saw a keychain with their name on it at Disney World. You know, and I wanted to make yeah. apparel, jewelry, uh, make food products available to for people to to wear it and and cook it and be proud yeah. so um i'm always i'm i'm always creating i'm always thinking about a new nothing makes me happier than a new fun t-shirt design nothing makes me happier than finding this like hard to find product from italy mm -hmm. and being able to sell it to people so if i was a food network executive and came up to you and said i want to give you five seasons of a show for x amount of dollars would you take it yeah you would you would take that you hear sure. that Food Network 
you better you better I you know do, do something. I would do it, but like uh, you know, it, it's. I think we're at we're finally at a place in media, right? Where personalities like mine don't have to be watered down anymore, right? And that that makes me really happy because you know hiding myself for for so long and talking differently and you know having different mannerisms and different clothes and different it got exhausting, mm -hmm. you know and. And you don't realize, and being really my full self, like you don't realize how many people are like that. Like you know, I I think like I dress in a certain, I dress hard. I, I don't think I have any style. I wear black or leopard print. But like there are so many people I mean, <laughs> that look, wanted look at, to look dress at us, like black. me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it and it meant a lot to me. Like when I started like a clothing line, I yeah. started making velour sweatsuits, and there were people that wanted that. And you would think like, oh, that's out of style or that's passe or whatever. And it's like, no, it isn't. No, I, there's a lot of people I know who are bringing back velour suits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were they were suits. This the Sergio Tacchini. I was just gonna I was just gonna say Sergio Tacchini. They're all about the velour now. They don't well. fit me though. I have big calves, so I got the pants very tight. Yeah. And I got my size. Like, you know, it's just like. like it's I, a look. It's a look, and like it cuts off the circulation of my calf. Not into it. Yeah, man, and leggings. It. I'm not into it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's. It, it, like it would literally look like leggings on no me. No good. I don't see my. I don't think anybody would want to see me in leggings, actually. No good. No, it's no good. Not a look. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for coming on the Sunday Thanks Sauce. Thanks for having me. Um, where can we find you? Where can we buy your books? Tell us. Tell us. I am at Rosella Rago everywhere on TikTok and Instagram. And it's Rosella Rago, not Rago, like I said. I wow. only said that because I have friends with the same last name as yours, and they pronounce it Rago. At least you didn't say Rago. No, that would be me. Well, no. You're Ragusa. I'm, yeah, but everyone knows me as Mike Rago. Yeah, but like you don't everyone like it? tried to know, like say I was Rosella no, Rago, no, and it would really no. annoy me. Re Rago. I wish no. I was the heiress to a big pasta sauce company, but That's I. That's some horrible pasta sauce, though. I know. Yeah. But it's like blood money. Wait, before you get into your socials, what is the number one George sauce you would lose if you use if you were in a pinch? Michael's, Michael's of Brooklyn. I, I knew it. I knew it. Thank you. They are from, I tell everybody that. They are from the same town in Italy as me. Wow. They are also from Mola di Bari. They are my paisani. I love my. Shout out to Michael's of Brooklyn. It's the best. They make a good sauce. It's the best Italian restaurant in the whole city. Yes, please, agreed. Please. It is my favorite red not sauce. Not Carbone, not none of that. My favorite no. red sauce Italian restaurants in Brooklyn are my top two are Michael's of Brooklyn and Ortobello's. Ortobello's is good too. Old school. Old school, yes, yes. So pounds but, and a half of but, pasta. But Michael's plate. is pretty old school too. But like Michael's you, is fancy. Yeah, it's fancy. It is fancy. It's it's fancy. Well, I feel like though. Oh, and Gargiulo's. I can't right, forget Gargiulo's. No, I can't. All right, all right, fine, fine, fine. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. All right. Me dispiace. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, yes. Michael's is the only jar sauce I also because yes. you know I cook. I mean, I'm not you. You know, I, I throw it down a little bit. You know, but it's I'm not. Right. I'm not you. So, um, but anyway. So yeah, where are your socials? So I'm at Rosella Rago everywhere. My books are available wherever books are sold. Um, my online store is Bottega Della Nonna .com and cookingwithnona.com is where all my recipes are. Next time you come back on the show, Nona better be here because I want to interview her too. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Would she have good. some things to say about you? Oh, positive, I hope. If she can remember them, yes. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week.